Hi, and welcome to another episode of Conversation with a Chef. I'm Joe Ritty, and I love sharing with you the conversations I get to have with talented and passionate chefs. It's the backstory, if you will, to the food they're putting up. I begin today by acknowledging the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional custodians of the land where this conversation takes place, land which was never ceded, land where communities came together to eat seasonally, locally and without exhausting resources. I pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Today I'm chatting to Jason Lear, the new head chef at Lucci. I was lucky enough to be invited to Lucci a few weeks ago for a five-course degustation showcasing Jason's spring menu. Jason is all about seasonality and not mucking around too much with the produce. Highlights of the night for me were the oysters with fennel mignonette, the tortellini with roast duck and cured pork cheek, and the grilled lamb fillet, which I loved, was served with rhubarb, silver beet, macadamia and date jus, but also came with this little mouthful of crispy lamb belly that I have to say I thought about for days afterwards. It was so good. Lucci is housed within the Hilton Melbourne Little Queen Street, a heritage building dating back to 1931, and all those glorious Art Deco flourishes have been honoured there. It's elegant yet not imposing dining, a beautiful space with thoughtful and delicious food. So I somehow managed to launch the conversation from an unexpected entry point, and we began with the various merits of sauces, which of course I absolutely loved, and then we talked about Jason's lucky break at Distazio St Kilda, his enduring love for Italian food, and what he reckons makes a good chef. Nice to meet you. Nice did, to meet you. I did meet you at the, um, ah, the yes. big dinner, yeah. which is so different now, yeah, set up yep. like that. Yeah. yeah. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. How are you? Good, thank you. Yeah, you just don't look very chef at the moment. Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> We're actually closed today, so... Yeah, um, yeah, okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. oh, did you come in specially? No, I was, I was in there. Okay. I thought I'd dress up for you. Oh, thanks. Nice. <laughs> Where would you like to sit? Yeah, wherever you like. You can sit, sit down here. Yeah, good. Would you like coffee or anything? Some water? No, I'm all right, thank you. You all good? Yeah. All right. So what have we been doing today? Today? Yeah, just overseeing some things. Yeah, and um... no, I was just coming in just a few little bits and bots to get, get ahead, you know, so yeah. get some sauces on and yeah. ma- it makes life for the rest of the week a lot easier if you can, you know, set, set that stuff up. So that, That's really interesting because um, whenever people talk, I haven't really heard, heard a chef talk about his sauces, before, whereas <laughs> that's the most important thing, isn't oh, it? Oh, <laughs> absolutely. And I mean, obviously they start, all, all our pastas here and that and all our ragouts and that, it all come, it all starts from right now a basic white chicken stock and then and yeah. then it goes through and it goes through to a, maybe a brown stock or yeah you know a duck will be braised in in something like that and then the stock from that and so at the end of the, the when, when you're actually eating the dish it's um it has you know 15 20 hours of that liquid being cooked and intensified and yeah you know it's so. amazing isn't it i used to work in a, um, a suburban pizza place in um in christchurch new zealand but um but they did other food, not just pizzas, it was yeah. a restaurant, and I just remember as front of house, I remember walking out the back door to take rubbish out or something, and my apron caught on the stock label, and I pulled the whole pot of stock 
over and the wow. chefs were not worried about me yeah. <laughs> and I was yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. They were worried about this yeah. stock because it had all the yeah. bones and they'd done all the things. Absolutely. Yeah. I was, 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 was burned in my, into my memory. Yeah, but you came out unscathed. <laughs> yeah, I was unscathed. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not the sources <laughs> or the chefs. But... No, that's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I know. Yeah, And I, um, and I once had a friend who denies this, but um, a Mexican friend who said that sources are like mothers. They bring everything together. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, absolutely. I love that. No, no. We're, we're, we've constantly, we're, we've got about four, four different animal stocks that we run through the, the yeah, restaurant. Yeah. So we're, we've constantly got something cooking on the stove yeah. as far as that. And it just, it spreads out through the whole menu. So, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, absolutely. And just, obviously, I've, already started recording this yeah yeah that's fine we're not live are we live are we yeah yeah, that's right streaming yeah um because i'll use it for the podcast and i also type it up sure and put it on the like the transcript so yeah yeah thank you thank you for talking to me no worries um and so you have worked in lots of italian restaurants but where did it all start for you did you always know you wanted to be a chef no no so so I'd, lo- I'd love to be able to tell you that story that I was under the table while my nonna was making tortellini <laughs> and, you know, all that. But no, I, I was, um, I grew up on Bangers and Mash in country Victoria. Your name and- doesn't sound very Italian. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> and it was just by luck that I fell into, um, into an Italian restaurant when I was young. I-, I just purely had to work. So, yeah. so I got in, in there washing dishes and, um, you know, it sort of grew from there. You know, it can be for certain types of people, it can be really contagious. The, the excitement and what, what what goes on in the kitchen. You know, so yeah. Um, yeah. But I started in an Italian restaurant and then washing dishes and so forth. And then I sort of decided, you know, I can I want to do this as a career. Mm. And um, so of all places, I ended up at Cafe Dastasio in St Kilda. And it's a pretty good place to be. <laughs> absolutely. And I had no idea either. I yeah. didn't I didn't know where I was for a le- about a month. You know, like you know, the institution that it is. Yeah. So it was pure luck that I got into there. All I knew was that, of course, you make the pasta fresh and, of course, you get the whole lambs in and you bone them all out. And, and that, was, that was just the norm for me at the time. Um, so did you do an apprenticeship or was it...? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So a cu- couple of years washing dishes and so yeah. forth and sort of working around and then finally got that through. So, so mo- signed off at Dastasio. Yeah, so, right. Yeah, yeah. Amazing to start somewhere, and as you say, you just expect that is the norm, that's what everyone's doing, and yeah. I suppose flitting their own fish and so on, which is... Well, yeah, we know now not everybody does no, that. No, that's right. Yeah, yeah, no, it was, it was a really, really great place to start off, Dastasio. It was, um, it's quite, it's really rustic, really simple food, yeah. but everything is done, at least back then, I'm sure it is now today, but um, everything is done... Uh, from scratch, really. So yeah, wow. um, you learn the absolute basics of baking bread, making pasta, making a pie, butchering an animal. So really, really fundamentals. That, in hindsight, I was really lucky to be in that situation because most places actually don't don't do it from absolute scratch. So, no, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, and I think too, I sort of uh, having spoken to people lately um, I know lots of places still do um, everything from scratch but I think it's, it's about labour cost as well isn't it and just um, yeah. ha- you know how long can you pay people in the kitchen to do all that, those kind of things rather than just getting, it, getting stuff in it's a tricky absolutely one. no it is a tough one yeah um, yeah yeah and so I'm just thinking if because um, you know you have high end fan- well your Italian that you're doing here is sort of quite f- is fancy Italian um <laughs> Can you go wrong with Italian food? Absolutely. Yeah. Go, go wrong with it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure you've heard that. I mean, 
people will say that the more simple the food is, the harder it is to pull off. There's nowhere, there's nowhere to hide. Yeah, that's true. You know, so... Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I mean, the key to that, and I think the key with all sort of old cuisines, they, they really are, they all really all do start like really rustic peasant food, mm. you know? So, it's a bit of a cliche these days, but the, the key is just phenomenal produce, right? Yeah. Like, it's not a secret. Yeah. If, 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 you, if you source that great produce, which is, I'm fortunate enough that the guys here at Luchi allow me to do that, mm. don't, don't play around with it too much. Mm. And phenomenal produce really quickly translate to phenomenal food, you know? And um, it doesn't need to be overhandled too much. And don't, it makes our job so much easier. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And so how many different places have you worked in? I feel like you've had, is it, so you're at Grossi as well? Yep. Is it, and where else? Yep, so I just came from Grossi. Before yep. that, I was at Pillow in Sydney. Yeah. Oh. So that was, yeah, that was a really great experience. I mean, so, so that was a choice to go to Sydney and try something else? Yeah. Other than Melbourne? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, it's a nice life living down there on Manly, in Manly. Yeah, yeah um, wow. Walking, walking along the beach every day. Yeah. Um, and it's a phenomenal restaurant. It's really great. It's, have, you, have, you been, have you been there? I or? Know. Yeah, I mean, the dining room, it's just big glass wall, walls and you're looking over the beach. I mean... It's pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And what's the food culture like in Sydney? Is it different to Melbourne? Yeah, I, th- I think so. You, you sort of, um, you know, Sydney people will say the Sydney food's better, Melbourne <laughs> people will say the Melbourne food, food's better. Yeah. But we're really lucky here in Australia that it, um, we have great food in, in all our big cities, mm. you know. So um, I think it depends the little pockets that you're in as well in Sydney, I found. I, I didn't leave... You've got Omeggio and you've got lots of really great restaurants in that small area there. Mm. Um, so, you know, you, you, you've, got, um, you've got great produce everywhere you go. Mm. So, um, really lucky to work, to work in those places. But I think, I think that, that, that um, division between Melbourne and Sydney, sort of, it, it's sort of gone now okay. with, with the internet and so forth. You know, it was in, yeah, yeah. it's such a smaller world now with social media and everything. So... It's good to see. I, I think I'd like to say most most places really work side by side these days. Yeah, so. that's a nice thing to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. But you know, um, you know, when I was at Florentino, guy guy would go up to Sydney and he'd do um, he'd do dinners with with my old boss at yeah. Pillu. You know, so it's yeah, it's a small world. Now, oh, so. look, absolutely. And I think too. I mean, gone are the days when we can say Sydney has much better weather than Melbourne because they haven't been, have they? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> because that's it, it. I thought it used to be that, you know, Melbourne's weather wasn't so great, so everyone was spent a lot more time inside eating. So, sure. um, But, you know, as you say, there's some amazing places in Sydney as well. And yeah, yeah. It's been raining for hundreds of days here, so yeah, they're probably yeah. inside eating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's a, it's a nice life up there, but I'm really yeah. happy to be back home. I, was, yeah. I grew up in Victoria, so... Okay, nice. Yeah, so this yeah. is my home here, so... And so hotels, though, is that a different um, kind of beast to working in a restaurant yeah absolutely yeah so I've, I've, I've been doing this nearly 20 years and I've always steered away from hotels yeah um what without, lured you in here yeah so <laughs> <laughs> so I saw the uh, you know the, the ad was advertised and it didn't say the Hilton it said Lucci so I thought great and I came in and then I started to say oh wow this is this is this is the Hilton I'm not I'm not ready for that I don't I, I don't want that life you know um yeah. And they quickly calmed me down and said, "No, no, we, we want Lucci to run like a restaurant." Yeah. So, so there is there's two teams in there. One team takes care of the buffet, breakfast, and all that sort of stuff. And then I have my own team that 
that um, purely focuses on Lucci. Okay. Um, all that sort of executive chef hotel stuff. Yeah. Um, which I'm just, I'm not trained in. Mm. And it's, it doesn't really interest me. Mm. Um, but the world needs it, of yeah. course. Yeah. Um, but that is taken, taken care of by a completely different team. So, you know, it, it, it's really great that we do get the benefits of the Hilton as well. Yeah. Yet we're not bogged down by, by some, some things that our hotels can get stuck, stuck in the mud a bit with, you know. Mm. So, yeah, so. Because I've spoken to Adrian Lee and Danny Natalie in at um, La Madonna in the next hotel. And they yep. also have, um, the names escape me and it shouldn't because it's a really great restaurant in Armadale. Rena's. Oh yeah. And so, yep. and I think there just seemed to be a bit of a um, a spate of restaurant chefs going and working in hotel restaurants. Yeah. And I think that they were saying that it brings with it, um, you know, you're saying you're not doing the, you know, that kind of thing, but it, but it's quite good having, I think, restaurant chefs because it gives you that flexibility and being able to work um, a bit more on your feet in terms of changing things if things aren't, in, you know, you're not you're not so bound to a friend like a a corporate menu yeah or absolutely yeah if I can finally get my words out but yeah yeah, yeah. it's interesting yeah no and I mean and, and it all, actually it, it freezes up a lot because there's so many components to the Hilton and um, different food concepts going in and out so what we've been able to do at Lucci is is, is, is essentially give the best product the best cut of meat or trim down something, you know, to, to make it look beautiful. And there's no wastage there because we can send it off into other parts of the, other parts of the hotel. And so all the, the food gets recycled to, to, you know, it's probably Funny not the best. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not, not recycled. There's a room in say. the hotel with all the ends of meat. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, so we, we have a beautiful um, uh, pressed lamb, lamb belly, mm. and we can trim that up to make that really, really nice and eat really well. And all that trim can get made into a beautiful ragu with some yeah. fresh onions and so forth, and those stocks that we were talking about before. Yeah. And um, and absolutely nothing goes to waste. Yeah. So so that That's not, great. not not every place. You know, we were fortunate enough at Florentino we could do similar things because there were so many different um, venues inside Florentino. Mm. Uh, but not not every restaurant. Most restaurants don't have that luxury. So we're actually right. really lucky here. Yeah. yeah, it's good. Wow. Yeah. And how many on the team in your team? In my team, I have. We've we've finally got our chefs back up. So I have uh, nine right now. Wow. Yeah. So it's like a luxury almost, doesn't it? Absolutely. So a couple of weeks ago, I was running with there was four of us in mm. there. Wow. So you know, it's hard to find the right people and and be the right place for certain people as well. You know, yeah, everyone's right. looking for different things. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we've, we've, we've managed to build a pretty good team here now. So it's, it's really exciting for what we can do. That's amazing. So, yeah. And um, how do you go about deciding what to put on your menu out of all the possibilities from your repertoire? And Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, it, it comes back to that cliche of, of seasonality. You know, every, every, I feel a bit lame saying it, or, you know, but it's just, it's just that simple. Yeah. You know? Um, I'm, I'm working on the summer menu right now, and it might sound weird to some people, but I'm just so excited for tomatoes. Um, you'll never see them in my kitchen, you know, in winter or anything like that, really, tomatoes, because a bad tomato is really bad. Mm. Some, you know, so um, it starts there with the produce, 
And then you can just look at, you know, I look a lot back to the traditional dishes. I really, obviously doing, doing my apprenticeship at Dostasio and places like this, it's, you know, these classic dishes, mm. like they're classics for a reason. You know, yeah, the, yeah. the cacio pepe that's all around town these days, oh, yes. it's a great dish, but it goes back to the Roman times. I mean, it's that old, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing when you think about it like that. And yeah, there's a yeah. reason for that. So. Yeah, this is so good. Yeah, because it's, really it's just yeah. comforting and just, yeah, yeah, delicious. yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's good. But then you are putting a bit more of a little twist on them. Is that what happens? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. You know, again, you, once you do it for so many years, you know, it's like a lot of it gets bundled up in your brain, and you you almost run out of ideas because there's so many so many things you've done in the past. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Some things I like to keep it really, really simple. I mean, I'll, I'm going to put a panzanella on the next menu, and it's such a traditional, such a classic dish. And I was thinking, oh, should I just, should I make a terrine? Should I, um, how can I present this in a new, exciting way? And I was thinking about that. You know, I just want to throw it on the plate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and that's what I'm going to, yeah. I'll place it on the plate. <laughs> you know, but but sometimes with it's, tweezers, no. yeah. But some but sometimes that's just the best way to eat it. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. yeah. That's interesting. And so yeah, so you've already got all those ideas in your head. Do you look at cookbooks as well, or do you yeah. get inspired by Instagram or other? other yeah, absolutely. Or, yeah, you know, the the resources out there now is is just crazy. When I, and it wasn't that long ago. I'm I'm not. You know, I'm not 60 years old, but when I, when I was starting my apprenticeship, it was I was buying DVDs oh. and I was buying books yeah. and, and all these things to try and try and try and gain knowledge and that. But um, now, I mean, there's so much on the internet. You don't even have to go to trade school almost. You know? yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're we're really fortunate fortunate by that. But it, but it's a constant it's it's a constant evolution, you know, of, of how you approach it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so. There's always, there's always things to do. Which is good. That's exciting, right? Absolutely. I mean, and you were saying about how, you know, what draws people in sometimes to being a chef is perhaps the excitement of the buzz, I suppose, of the kitchen. Um, but obviously you must have a love of food and so on as well. And yeah. Yeah. And, and is that what, that's what's kept you in here yeah. for 20 years? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. You know, when I didn't eat a mushroom until I was 16 years old. I didn't eat an eggplant. I didn't eat a capsicum. Yeah. It just wasn't in my. It just wasn't in my house growing up. Yeah. Um, so the the initial thing was the buzz, the excitement yeah. that really really got me. I thought, wow, this is great. You know. Then the then the food then the food it just naturally starts to come into it. And you, for me personally, I started to really gain a real love love for for the food. Um, I think everybody loves food, right? Like. You know, well, you, you, just, you yeah. just have to press that button, yeah. you know? Yeah, I never understand some people who do just eat to live and don't really have much interest in, yeah, different yeah. things, but... Yeah. yeah. And then I think, I think after a while, then you, what, what I really love now is probably the, the craft. Mm. You know, so as far as making fresh pasta, I mean, that's, that's a rabbit hole that you can go down for your whole life. It really is. Yeah. The, the different shapes and the you know the doughs and so forth, the the, the different ways to to handle it, um, or a sushi master. Mm. You know these things these take these things take a lifetime. Yeah. A lifetime to do. Um, so you know I mean I've, I've I've worked next to old ladies that have been making tortellini for fifty years, and she will one 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 point one second 
for a tour, you know, or, you know, it was something like, it was ridiculously fast, you know, and, and I've been doing this for quite a long time now, and she, she leaves me in the, in the dust, so. What's the same when you walk past the people that, um, I'd say largely women, in, down um, in Chinatown making the dumplings and the wontons yeah. and so on, and just how they do that so nimbly and so quickly, it's amazing, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, wow. And have you been to Italy? Yeah, yeah. So I spent, yeah. I spent a bit of time over there a few years ago. Yeah. And that, that was really great. I think I think everybody should travel at some point, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Um, Do you have a region you like in particular? Or? Yeah. Well, so so I spent a bit of time in Bologna, um, around there in Rome. Um, so, I mean, it, you know, obviously with COVID, I haven't travelled for a few years. So um, I can't wait to get back there. Mm. But... Um, you know, to see the culture and that, it's really, it's, it's really great. It's, it, it was, it's something that you bring, in, bring back home as well, yeah, you know, yeah. even if it's subconsciously. Yeah. You know? um, I'm a French teacher as well as a writer, and um, today with my year 11s we were talking about, we're talking about obviously culture and different things, and we're talking about the um, le repas gastronomique, so the fact that the French meal is on the UNESCO list of intangible things you know like it's it's like a heritage cultural heritage thing and um and we were talking about you know how does that compare to australia and what in our relationship with food and you know and it's just it's really different and i think you know some of those uh cultures that are in countries that have been well our country's been settled for a long time but not by us the colonizers but i just feel like um it's interesting when you go to those old the cultures like the older European cultures and what they do with food and um, and and how it's a, a, a coming together and you know I don't know it's so nice to to, to experience that yeah it's, um, yeah yeah and I, I guess it's just over time it's it's just an evolution of of, of it they've been doing it for thousands more year, more years than we that's have that's right that's right so I don't think in our lifetime we will really see a culture. Well, I mean, we're building it now, obviously, but it's from everywhere. Yeah. And I think that's actually a great thing. That's good, yeah. Taking um, all the, hopefully the best things from everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So, um, you know, we, we're getting there. But I, th- I think Australia really has really fantastic food in general. All, yeah. all around, you know, when you, when you compare it to a lot of other countries, because we're such a lucky country, because, of the, the, you know, we're a rich country. Yeah. You know, uh, People can people can start to, to reach their goals in a, you know if they're not worried about famine or anything like that, then you start to see greatness come out. Yeah, yeah. And I think we'll I think we're catching up really soon. So. Yeah, and it's um it's the same in New Zealand. You know, um, when I lived in France a long time ago, coming back to New Zealand, I was like, oh yeah, we won't be able to find any of these things back there. Um, things that people were cooking just you know just that real appreciation but I think yeah things have come a long way in New Zealand as well and I think um, it's interesting New Zealand and Australia I think you're right it's really they're on they're on the world stage yeah. with everyone else so it's yeah. good yeah yeah no so and, and we've, we've def- even since I've started cooking I'm, I remember when I started cooking um, you couldn't really get black truffles grown in Australia yeah. Now they're everywhere. Yeah. And and they're some of the best. Some 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 of our truffles are some of the best in the world. Our, our black truffles. Yeah, because of the temperature and the yeah. different conditions. Yeah. 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 A lot of this stuff didn't grow ten years ago. So yeah, yeah. Your, your morels and stuff like that, porcini, and yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. And what would your advice be to young people who are thinking of becoming chefs? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think our our, our industry is a real spectrum. You know, it's like, it's like um, 
you've got a someone that drives a plane and someone that drives a car. Now they both they both take people from A to B, but it's not really the same job. So I, I, th- I think first of all, it's to work out what you want out of the the industry because there's jobs for everybody in our industry, whether. You're at school and you, you need to wait some tables, whether you want to own a cafe in the future or whether you want to be the best chef in the world. Mm. All these are possibilities in our industry. So I think, first of all, it's to try and work out what you want to take out of it. Mm. Then I would say, if you want to reach, work, succeed in those, fine, you know, those top restaurants, obsession is really, really beneficial to, to get obsessed. Mm. Um, to be obsessed with... with choose what you want to do and to be obsessed with that whether it's making pies whether it's a baker whether it's a pasta maker because the cuisine is too big to 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 master any any all of it so you know i I would suggest to try and really be laser focused on on that side of it and also just be the hardest worker in the room that's that's a real that's really really helpful because what we do in the kitchen there's no magic powers no there's you know anybody can do this it's just about being a hard worker, I, I really think. And all these other things, they, they, they come along. So, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. And you can balance well-being with being a hard worker? It depends how, how hard you work, I guess, <laughs> right? It depends what you want to do. Yeah. Because, because the, really, really what I've found, to be at the top in any, any job, I think, you know... You've got to put the hours in. Yeah. That's right. Um, I guess nowadays we talk a lot of a lot about well-being and, um, and, and achieving a balance. Can you be obsessed <laughs> and achieve a balance? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you can be obsessed for, a, you know, the right amount of hours a day and then have an outlet as well. <laughs> Absolutely. But, I mean, that's super, it's super important to have that outlet. Yeah. You know, um, because it's not healthy for anybody to be... If you're working 60-hour weeks, first of all, that's not really healthy. Sometimes it's a necessity. It depends on your drive and so forth. But even if you are working 60 hours a week, ma- make that time through the week to, to decompress, turn, turn off your phone, yeah. you know, you know and, and, and it will prolong your career as well. That's right. Well, I mean, that, that's that whole sustainability, isn't it? It's, it's not just yeah. sustainability of the ingredients you're using, it's the sustainability of you as the person as well to keep going yeah. over the course. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And really, it's, it's about repetition. Yeah. Again, everything we do, probably you could say to all, all industries, it's repetition, yeah. morning, noon and night. Yeah. So. so when's the summer menu coming in? On the Just, spring at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So December 1st we'll, we'll be bringing in. Okay, so we've still got summer. time for the spring menu. Yep. Just, can you, what's your favourite thing on that menu? Well, w- one of the best things about spring is obviously the peas, the broad beans, the asparagus, high labour. They are high labour, but they're so worth it to use mm. them fresh. Um, we have a we have a we have a crab uh, asparagus custard at the moment, which is selling really well. With some uh, spanner crab and again that asparagus, fresh asparagus and snow peas and that. Um, but again, we you know who doesn't love a good steak? We've got the bistecca fiorentina. Um, so we, we're, we're trying, we're, we're trying to spread it out there a bit, keep everybody happy. Yeah. You know? Delicious. Yeah. It was so good that meal here. Just dish after dish was. Yeah. So good. Glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, I did. Well, that's when we, that's when we had the four chefs in the kitchen. So. Really. <laughs> that yeah, was wow. that was actually a tough week. Yeah. Wow. But. but that's amazing. Yeah.
And I was just, um, this is the king when you were saying that because it was a big long table and we had there were lots of dishes to come out. And I was, um, we were reading today in that French class about Alain Ducasse, who has the Eiffel Tower restaurant, but he um, he likes to make sure that everyone, no matter where they're sitting in the restaurant, their meals come out at exactly the, the same temperature. Yeah. And so he, the, the timing of everything slightly altered yeah. depending on where people are seating. That's obsessed, right? Yeah, absolutely. I don't, that's too much. The students were saying, is that even necessary? Yeah. Who even knows? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And that's what it will come down to a lot of the times. We, we, we nitpick at everything in the kitchen. And I, I think that's good. Mm. But we nitpick at things that a lot of the time the customer won't, won't realise. Yeah. The risk there, though, is if you don't nitpick, yeah. then maybe the customer will start to realise. And holding ourselves to that standard yeah. is one of the hardest things to do in a kitchen. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's all good and well to come in for three days and make everything perfect. You can do it for three months. That's that's tough. Yeah, you know. but that's like the layers of your stock, isn't it? It's um, it's putting in all those different layers. That the end product is this really delicious sauce, but people don't know that it's taken fifteen hours or whatever to get there, do they? Yeah. They just appreciate the goodness of the sauce. So yeah. you've got to put all those steps in and have all the different pieces, don't you, to produce yeah. that end product? People don't necessarily see. What... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and when, when something goes wrong as well in in a, in a process like that, it can bring several dishes down. That's right. So that's the importance of that. And I guess if something's going wrong with one person in the kitchen, then that could bring the whole thing down as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, look, it's a great job and it's a great industry. I'm, I'm, I'm so, like, so grateful every day that, that I've found it. Wow. Um, because not every, everybody loves their job. No, that's right. So I just got lucky, I guess. I love that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Conversation with the Chef with Jason Lear from Lucci in the Hilton, Melbourne, Little Queen Street. You can check out Lucci's Instagram at Lucci Melbourne. That's uh, all one word, L-U-C-I-M-E-L-B-O-U-R-N-E to see all the deliciousness for yourself. I'm also on Instagram at Conversation with the Chef. And if you want to read the chat, you can head to www.conversationwiththechef.com. Do you know, I would love it if you told a friend about my chats. And of course, you can follow me on Apple and Spotify podcast too. Once again, thanks for listening and have a great day.